Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 64 of the Caesar Show. We're back at it. Full week of the NBA has been taking place. The second week has already been taking place. It's been overall great, great, great basketball. I'm excited for this week's episode. So uh, just to rehash last week's episode, uh, Trey returned again, and we just discussed NBA opening week, Zion's injury, and much, much more going on. So Awesome first week. Like I said, the follow-up was even more grand, more spectacular. So looking forward to the season. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, a.k.a. co-host, Trey. What's up, y'all? What's popping with you? I hope everybody had a great week. We are back here again to discuss the hottest topics. And I'm happy to be here, man. Another day, another dollar. And hey, what's good with you, Siwa? Uh, nothing much, man. My mom came back from Orlando, Florida, came to visit us in the 75. So Home cooking. We had we literally had a red table discussion. It was her, my aunt, and then um my her my aunt's uh sister. And it was me and it was my boy DJ. We we're all like just getting lectured and she was talking like how to treat a woman. Oh wow. Um, That's the good stuff. Yeah, she was talking about the good stuff. It, it was great. I loved it. Um Three strong black African American women. You can't beat that, right? Ever. Um, but that was good. What about you? How how you been? Uh, been big cooling, man. Just uh grinding on some stuff in life. Uh, about to start coaching a basketball team, a middle school basketball team. Very excited about that. Just to, uh, instilling some youth, man. Do what I love, which is uh teaching the game, getting people enthusiastic about the game, and uh applying lessons that you learn in the game, helping them apply it to life and uh even further off the court. So I'm really excited about that. Uh. Props to you, man. You already know. Always making moves. I love it. My you, God. You heard? Cool. You ready for these week's topics or this episode's topics? Right? On God. <laughs> On God. <laughs> All right. First thing I want to talk about is Steph Curry. Um, so Oosh. many of you guys have known Steph Curry was injured uh, this past uh, Wednesday, I believe, or something like that. But he's playing the Suns. It was the third quarter. Um, and they were down 83 to 54. Um, and he basically tries to go past Kelly Oubre, drive to the basket, and Aaron Baines comes out of nowhere, tries to draw a charge. Steph Curry goes up, falls down. Aaron Baines' lower body essentially just falls on his hand. And right away, I thought it was a wrist injury because I was watching it, I was a little bit bored, but ended up figuring out that he actually broke his left hand. So he's going to be sidelined for about three months following his surgery. And it's kind of been an up and down year. Obviously, we already know the Warriors' state of mind, losing all their key pieces and whatnot. We knew uh, that they're really going to have to rely on their young talent. Um, and and Draymond, obviously Steph and 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 D'Angelo Russell to carry that load. But this was a pretty rocky year. I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but Steph Curry in four games only been averaging twenty points, um, six and a half assists, four rebounds. Which is shocking to me is that he only averaged um, a percentage of twenty. He was twenty four percent from three and forty one percent from field. Very unsteph like. Yeah. Um, but what does this mean for Steph? Not the Warriors. What does this mean for Steph moving forward? How do you feel about the injury and whatnot? Uh, this is essentially his return back to his home state or where he spent probably a lot of time in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the start of that saga. I'm not going to say it's going to happen in the next <laughs> two years, maybe, maybe three, four. But remember a few years ago, he was questioned about it. It's like, yeah, it would be cool to play, you know, and with the Hornets again. And uh, maybe it wasn't the Bobcats at the time, but it was the Hornets because the last few years from the Hornets. Um, so I think this is going to be the spiral because I know essentially what's parallel is the success of the Warriors. And the Warriors will not be back to prominence. They won't. 
unless they tank this year and next year. But nobody has time for that. Clay still has a lot of good basketball in them. Clay wants to get paid, which they could get paid at the Warriors being the middle of the pack in the Western Conference team that they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it leaves room for D'Angelo Russell to also get paid and to find a home on the West Coast, which didn't look like it was going to be before. But now you have these injuries. You have essentially Draymond, who's a catalyst-type player. He just got hurt, too. Just got <laughs> hurt, you know. So it was like, who, who are we playing at this point? D'Angelo Russell could get a huge payday from this and it could find, again, find him a home for the next five years, at least. Um, Clay's going to come back. Maybe not this year, maybe the end of this year. Uh, we'll see a little bit more stuff, but I just don't see the Warriors returning to prominence. It's going to take an all star Jandro Russell. It's going to take like one or two more pieces before that because you lost Kevin Durant. Draymond's hurt. At the same time, who knows if Draymond's going to be able to keep it up with a different team that's not the same kind of, you know, the same kind of outlook and the same kind of layout that it was before for so many years. I just think this is the end of an era. It's been really good, but it's going to be a total change. And Steph Curry, it it, it could be the the beginning of the end of the road for him at Golden State, per se. Uh, Well, I have to disagree with you on that one. Um, They're not going to – the Golden State Warriors are not going to build essentially a $1 billion – new arena to have Steph go elsewhere. So I think Steph is like a Dirk Nowinski, like a D-Wade. Obviously, D-Wade left um, for a year or two, came back. Um, And then you have uh, like a Tim Duncan. I think he's a for-lifer there. So that's out of the way. And obviously, the Warriors start off one and five. What does it mean for the team? And I was saying this a little earlier. I think it's a blessing in disguise. Um, I think now we really had no expectation for the Warriors. Now the expectations are completely thrown out. Yeah. Um, obviously, to start off one and five, you have Steph Curry out for three months. Honestly, I'm not going to really play him like that or put him on a minutes restriction. This is a lost year. Like you said, Clay's yeah. gone. Draymond is a good player, but he only really thrives when he has talent around him. So this is kind of a lost year. And another thing that's great is when you think about it, besides Katie coming there, them signing Iggy and whatnot, they drafted Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. So I think they're one of the best teams who are good at developing young talent. So the fact that their stars are all gone, you're going to have time now to let your talent grow, let yeah. them develop. So they're going to have a lot of games under them, a lot of men's being played. So by the time Clay comes back, Steph comes back, Draymond's back, they're going to be a pretty good team next year. So this year is a lost year for them, definitely. But I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise for them, too. And... Honestly, Very true. they should tank. I'm not a fan of it, but it's the West. <laughs> it just gets better and better every single year. So definitely I would tank. Um, you know, they have, uh, as long as they get a draft pick, 1 through 20 is protected. Yeah. So <laughs> my whole thing is, my boy was talking about a little bit, I, I got to see how the contracts are fair or whatnot, but there's a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo who basically Sheesh. has two years left on his deal. Sheesh. So my theory is the fact that Steph is out, Clay's out, Draymond just hurt his finger. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. They only they got this young talent basically. Draymond, D'Angelo Russell is going to build up his stock. He has I think 26, 25 to twenty seven million on his contract this year. Yeah. 
And I looked at the numbers. Giannis Antetokounmpo has about 25, 26 million on his salary as well, too. He has two years left on his contract. But if you recall, there was a man named Anthony Davis who had about two years left on his contract as well, too. There's been rumors earlier if Giannis isn't happy, things can happen. So if they don't get to the finals this year, or maybe let's say, you know, get blindsided and lose in the second round. What if he doesn't want to resign? Because next year he's going to be eligible for that Supermax. If you don't get the Supermax and declines it, that essentially tells ownership, his teams, that he's not committing long-term. I'm out. So what are you going to do? You may possibly force the trade. So if he forces the trade, let's say the Warriors on some BS, get the number one pick. And you you get D'Angelo Russell with that. I think that's a good – I think that's good. I feel like if that happens, then – Adam Silver has to blow up the, the conferences. <laughs> he really has to just like do away with the conference conferences. I mean, just the jump. Yeah, yeah, just snip it. At least for playoff purposes, you know what I'm saying. But for uh, on a regular season, maybe like you have to keep them together a little bit because travel and expense stuff like that. Exactly. Efficiency. Travel. Efficiency. But and then he, I mean at at that point. Because it's, what, 2-2-1-1-1? Two, two, one, one, one. Yeah. At that point, you may just have to go back to, like, early 2000 when it was 2-3-2 two, two format in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that will work with traveling a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, keep going. I, that's, that's, that's just what it is. You get Giannis over there. We don't know the perennial powers in the East that are going to emerge, but it just doesn't seem like it. You know, Kawhi's, what, 31? Huh? 30? Oh, it's Kawhi. 27. 27. That's scary. Yeah. I, I, I aged him <laughs> like young, a motherfucker. Brother. <laughs> I, I aged him like a... Is he 31? Is he 31? I don't know. Because all the LeBron comparisons, like, who's the best player in the league right now? <laughs> Kawhi's the best player in the league right now. Like, LeBron, no no disrespect to LeBron. He went off for, like, smooth 39 points against the Mavs to pull out a win that was essentially a playoff game. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. And, yeah, we're, we'll get into it later. But as far as just... It's Kawhi just has it right now, yeah. and and we we've been um taken aback or not taken aback, but we've just gotten so spoiled by LeBron's superstar. But Kawhi's doing it, so between him and LeBron, they're up there. And it's just I I feel like the West isn't gonna get any weaker over the next few years. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the East getting exponentially better. So if Giannis ever goes to the West, just the whole conference thing, do away with it. Yeah, because like I mean, you got. The next big star is what Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Aside from that, Peacekeeper. maybe Pascal Siakam, but he doesn't have that like sex appeal in the NBA quite yet. We know he's very talented. Dude's averaging like twenty eight this year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I agree with you. If that happens, you have to blow up the East and West. Just make it the NBA standings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and literally, see one through sixteen. One play 16, two play 17, yada, 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 and let's see what happens from there. That that will be actually very fire. So I think it's going to happen eventually because the East is trash. I mean, I don't like- get me wrong. There's some young, talented team. Atlanta Hawks going to be good in a couple of years. Chicago is making strides. Indiana's still competitive. Boston's always going to be good. Toronto's solid, too. Yeah. But they're not as up-to-date, up-to-speed as these Western teams. It's really going to like hurt people's feelings, though, from like a management, like ownership standpoint because you're going to go from like a – in the East to, you know, like 20th in the league. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, we're eighth in the East. We're doing pretty well, better than last. We're 20th in the league. 
Yeah. It's like, ew, dog. High key, probably like four teams are probably from the East yeah, go to playoffs yeah. every year. Probably going to be hurt, dog. It's going to turn into this like NCAA like selection committee. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. going to be like, you had a weak conference, so we're not even going to take you. You yeah. know? So, I, it, there's a lot of politics in that. There's a lot of ways they could fix it. You know, yeah. they used to blow up teams back in the day and like, oh, not blow up teams, but they like, would have like the teams, they would make a team, they would pull from different teams and stuff like that, like we've seen in different like ESPN 30 for 30s and just, you know, knowing basketball. But it is, it'll be interesting, you know, going forward, the for, frontier of basketball and it becoming damn near the most popular sport. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Definitely. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. He missed um, the first three games because he had a newborn. So props to him. I don't know if it's a boy or girl, but I know it's always a blessing having a kid in your life. Little buckets. Um, Little buckets. Little Jimmy buckets. (laughs) Um, So he missed the first three games, ended up playing um, on the 29th and 31st um, against the Hawks as well, too. Um, he looked pretty good, man. Uh, obviously, he's going to take him a couple of games to finally get in form, yeah. um, get back in shape and whatnot. But, Jimmy's man, a monster, he's a monster. Uh, definitely a top 20 player to me. And uh, it, it, se- it seems like, obviously, like a lot of people, including myself, were kind of butthurt that he left Philly because, obviously, you weren't going to get the amount of shots you wanted. But we already knew what you brought to the table. We knew that Philly needed a closer, yeah. um, and you were going to deliver. And I feel like, honestly, if you didn't leave, y'all still would have kept Tobias Harris as well, too. May have had to get rid of J.J. Reddick, but you guys would definitely have been a lot to get back to – well, to get to the finals as well, too. Yeah. But it seems like he made the right move, man. This Miami Heat team is pretty good. I didn't even know about um, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. He's averaging like 23 this year. I thought Winslow was going to be their point guard, but now you got none there. And then you got Jiraji to back him up. You got Tyler Hero, who's oh my arguably top five for Disgusting. rookie of the year, who is a dog. You got Jimmy. I already said Winslow. Um, they're pretty good from the backcourt slash wing position. Um, I think, That's aside from Adebayo, they could get a little bit of help um, with their bigs, but was Spo there and Jimmy Butler leading the charge and everyone just thriving off his energy because they play like some dogs and they're great defensively. Very much so. Like, like what are your expectations for Jimmy Butler and his new look Heat team? I like it. Yeah, I, I like them too. Uh, again, Eric Spolster, when, you know, even when he doesn't have a very much talented team, he's had a young team mm-hmm. these last few years. He uh, He's a damn good coach. When we saw him with the essential, like, golden Big three, Miami. Uh, but Eric Spolscher's coaching talent and ability, you know, no no bounds. Definitely when he has really good players around him. And even when he doesn't, like, he, he does really well. Yeah. Uh, my question for all this is, and it's a good team, with, will this team beat Philly? Miami Heat? Yeah, in nah. a seven-game series, would they beat Philly? No. They're, they're, because, too, they're too young. Because of the big man present, or just too young right now too. So, what, what's the top three things that would hurt them by having to, by not beating Philly? Size and size, experience. Yeah, there's honestly size just the size and experience. Um, may, Eric Spolstra may have a coaching edge possibly, okay. but it's kind of. I mean, he's a solid coach. Don't get me wrong. He, like you say, he just never had the talent around him. But I think the overall size and experience would be the term fact, and just star power. Yeah. <laughs> they got Al Horford, former All Star, Tobias Harris, All Star caliber player Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's that's so, probably. I mean, it'll be competitive. Don't get me wrong, because Eric Spolstra always gets the best out of his players. Yeah. But 
I think honestly, like Jimmy's due to give you one game, but when the last might time be done in five. Stole a, stole a playoff series. I don't you know? know. And then too, with all that being said, mm-hmm. does this still make this the best decision for Jimmy Butler to have made as far as like getting, or maybe his decision wasn't for trying to win a championship. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he just wanted to be the guy, um, and okay. like I said, he he probably saw Indeed. what the young talent was up to, and he's like, "Yo, I want to be a part of this." So okay. they're they, they're fine. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're definitely gonna be fine. Okay, okay. For them to have a really breakout year, do you think it'll be give give me a time frame two, three years, or like what? Oh, it? like for them to be like competitive, competitive, like top in the East, maybe. Probably about. Like two years, one to two years. They're like a, a, a piece or two away, yeah, probably. Because they're yeah. second place in the East right now. I think they're four and one, um, and then I think Philly's either four and or five and zero right now. So they may shock us. Um, I mean, this this year in the schedule is kind of weak a little bit too, yeah. but they may shock us, and they're definitely gonna make the playoffs this year, I think. But I see them like they could be as high as a three four seed, but I feel like they're gonna be like a five through eight. Yeah, when just, it's all said and done, because Boston's impressing me too right now. Yeah, I just feel like the East on the top side at least is oversaturated. Mm-hmm. I mean. To appreciate the East for what it is, but just being by itself, you know, if the East was an individual league, mm-hmm. you could really make some arguments like, all right, the East is getting better. Like, you don't really know here and there. But just when you turn and look at your neighbor's yard over there in the West, it's like, yeah. damn, like, yikes. Like, they, they got that good grass over there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but, hey. Uh, he looked very well, like we said, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think Jim made the best decision. They're a piece or two away. Cool. Next thing we want to talk about is uh, the WWE main event. <laughs> <laughs> two claps in a replay. Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Uh, it was crazy because I was literally driving home from work, and um, I was watching the jump. We'll play back from the jump on ESPN's YouTube channel. Um, and basically, they were talking about how Carnegie Towns was saying, <laughs> <laughs> Towns, like, he was asked um, from a reporter about, you know, how he matches up against Joel Embiid. Is it going to be like a rivalry? Yada, yada. He said, I'm not really trying to get caught up in this, you know, individual matchup. I'm more so about getting these dubs. Yes. I was like, all right, I respect you. You know, you're showing growth and maturity as well. Um, obviously, you know, y'all, only time going to playoffs was with Jimmy Butler as well, too. Apparently, Jimmy Butler, not apparently, definitely accused you, Andrew Wiggins, of being very, very soft. Um, and it was crazy. Um, how did it even start? Uh, so, basically, I think... Off a of rebound. Who, who started it? Rewind that jump? Off a of rebound. Well, it doesn't show it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It was off a of rebound. This is just... Oh, here, oh wait, right here. here we go. Here we go. I guess they, they were just getting super competitive and... Like I just see I see Joel and B coming to the frame real hard. I feel like they must, might have been boxing each other out. So mm-hmm. that's Simmons up there. You see him fully extend for the push, but yeah. you, you know it's always what the ref doesn't see. So it could have been like Towns kind of give him a little shove, and then mm-hmm. Embiid retaliated. But Embiid went full force, ready for all the smoke. Like he yeah. wanted all the smoke. And it's like, damn, like at first when I was watching it live, well, I didn't watch it live. I think I got a Twitter notification. I was like, oh shit, they scrapped me, they scrapped me. And looking back, I was like, no hands were thrown. They literally were, it was like sumo wrestling right there. Um, and then one thing led to another, they went on the floor. And then apparently Ben Simmons and Cat actually cooled off the court. Ben Simmons has him in the crippler cross face <laughs> on some Crispin Watch shit. And I'm like, yo, why are you strangling this man oh, right now? Gosh. Like, you see, like in one shot, like dudes <laughs> flailing, like his, his, Feet are just kicking. 
oh, this is this is good stuff. This yeah, is good NBA. This yeah, is good yeah. basketball. It was so stupid. Like, Peacekeeper. There was a lot of like Twitter memes. There was a WWE match when like they made, literally made Cat tap out like. That joint geek, Cash Joel oh, and B kicking just, his feet, dog. Joel and B just super hype right now. Like y'all ain't really do nothing. It's good for the league, though. I actually like it. You know what I'm saying? We it's, need some some form of physicality um, in a league that isn't as so um, harsh as it used to be from back in the day as well, too. But I love um, this. Cat and uh, Joel and B got suspended two games. <laughs> Look at them tapping <laughs> out right there. They got suspended two games each without pay. Um, it was crazy. That ben Simmons didn't get any uh, suspensions and what? He's a peacemaker. But, Peacemaker. He's a peacemaker. peacemaker. <laughs> someone tap out. That's crazy. Um, it was funny because Jimmy Butler had an interview like a day later. He was like, I knew once I heard about this, I knew in some way my name was going to get brought, brought up. up. And he said, I knew that Joel and B was going to be the one to do something. Um, but he said he liked it. Uh, he liked the competitive nature out of it and whatnot. Um, and it was crazy because afterwards they had some words to exchange. I don't think I have the pictures of what they were saying. But basically, um, Kat was just saying that he ain't no bitch. Joel and B was saying he ain't no bitch either. And they were just going back and forth on social media. And it's crazy because like um, in NBA uh, media day, I think Joel and B Rachel Nichols and uh, Joel and B had a conversation and he was saying like, I'm done um, being childish. Like, I'm just going to play basketball, blah, blah, blah. Psych. That's why we love Joel and me, dog. It's That's like, why we love him. He's a troll. Yeah, we definitely need that. But what are your thoughts on, you know, this whole scuffle that they had? And I can't wait. I think they don't play each other till like, March. So that should better be televised right now. But what are your thoughts yeah. on everything? I think man? this is beautiful, man. Like, do, do, do I want to see black men fighting on TV? Uh, no, not unless it's, like, UFC or boxing, because that's the actual name of the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But... There's just, like, some stuff you can't avoid. Some people don't like each other. Some people are going to get into it. Like, understand, it's like, granted, it's not the old NBA where people are, like, literally fouling them and taking out the air and stuff like that. But some scuffles here and there literally make it, like, you want to you wanna have it to be class. It's not hockey, all right? But some stuff like this here and there is just like, yo, like, this is real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. these are actually real people and not robots, which I think the NBA might be the most outspoken league for the most part. But, yo, this is dope. Like, <laughs> like it's dope. And it's just like the, all the parts from it. Like, you have the internet that takes stuff, and you have people to do the voiceovers. Again, shout out DJ Michi Meech. Really, really hot with this one. But um, it's just it's just funny because just so many aspects of it. You you know, you rebound a video, and it's like, oh, look at Ben Simmons. Oh, look at Carl Anthony Towns. Look at the security guard. It's like, do you get paid enough to go tackle a seven-foot-tall person? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you lose your job if you just stand by, or do I have to go and tackle Carl Anthony Towns? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just so much of it. I think uh, between them two, Joel Embiid, it's, Joel Embiid's like an elephant. He's not going to forget. You know what I'm saying? Take a mental note. Carl Anthony Towns going to be playing and stuff like that, which they have a lot of room for growth on Minnesota, so... And he's the guy up there for the most part. So they're going to see each other again in March. And it's going to be maybe not as much players. They might get a warning from the league. It's like, hey, don't start this. But it's, it is going to be a must-watch game because we, we've seen this. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's a game that might have not been a must-watch game before this. So yeah. I just – I think Ratings it, went up. It, ratings went up, you know, <laughs> booming. <laughs> Business is booming. But, yeah. Booming. Oh, and you see Mike Scott over there, Joel, Joel and B. Hyping goes, him up. Go straight to Mike He's Scott like, <laughs> on 7 Cinco. That's on yeah. 7 5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, really, really funny. Really, uh, I don't know. It was good for the league. Yeah, so we'll nope. see. So Mike stay died. tuned in the future. 
Um, hopefully they fight again. I definitely want to see that. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, KD man. One thing I, I appreciate, you know, obviously he's injured, so prayers and prayers up to his, you know, speedy recovery and whatnot. But I really appreciate KD's just his personality, like off the court, um, and then his just his basketball IQ. You know, he's been all over, you know, the internet lately and different shows and whatnot. Um, obviously he has his own show, um, the boardroom. He's on first take, and he's part of Serge Ibaka's How Hungry Are You show, and he was also on Knucklehead. So he's been all over the place. So it's pretty good to see uh, Kevin Durant, um, you know, you know, uh, just speak his mind all the time. So he was on first take. Um, they talked about a couple things, and they're um, also um, trying to promote his show, The Ballroom. Him and Stephen A. Smith were on that with Jay Williams. Jay Williams is orchestrating everything. Um, and then basically... I mean, I don't really want to get into the ballroom because they kind of he was already on first take uh, last week Thursday, but um, asked by Coach Stephen A. Smith uh, if when what you call it. So basically, he was saying did Draymond Green play a big role in essentially leaving um, and going to uh, you know Brooklyn. going to going to Brooklyn? And he said, um, you know, a little bit, yeah, for sure. I mean. Um, your teammate talks to you that way. You think about it a bit. And they said, we talked about it, but definitely for sure I'm not going to lie about it. Um, and they said that on top of the media always asking him about, like, the current situation, always asking him about free agency. Um, he thought that, you know, it was time for time time to leave. Um, and then they said his overall reasoning in leaving the Warriors with whom he reached three finals in NBAs with was that he felt like they needed a switch. Um, yeah. And I quote, I felt – like a lot of stuff in Golden State had reared its head, and I felt like that was going to be the end of that uh, group no matter what. He continued, Sean Levinson was retiring, Andre Iguodala was getting older, and our contracts were going to stifle the team and put us in a hole to get other players. So it was time for all of us to kind of separate. Um, so we talked about that um, as well, too. And then he also um, talked about, like, his move, you know, leaving and basically leaving OKC going into – the Warriors, um, and basically he was saying that he didn't really look at it as essentially joining a super team. He said, I don't really see any more growth in OKC, and I feel like from a pure basketball standpoint to excel my game to another level, Golden State was the best option. Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, him chiming in and, and, and speaking and whatnot? Uh, I didn't get to see this interview uh, in the first few days that it happened. Uh, I'm getting more of a recap. Mm-hmm. Now and just kind of doing my research over the last a uh, little bit, yeah. but um, no, nah, I think anytime Kevin Durant speaks, uh, you know he's been known to be sort of fingers or whatever like that. But, you know, NBA players are people too; they have social media, and some people are more active on social media than others. But um, I think Kevin Durant and him being in the media is good for the game because Kevin Durant's not gonna give you BS. He's gonna actually tell you how he feels for one, yeah. and uh, you know this is stuff that. You, people don't look at when they see the ESPN headline because ESPN is there just to talk about oh, how it's going to affect the game and to, you know, continually air the stories. Very rarely do they focus on just, like, the mindset of the player in that in that aspect. You know, I mean, it could be an interview here and there, but as far as him saying that, you know, we all knew Draymond's thing was going to factor into it because, I mean, no matter what, you getting pl- publicly called, you know, soft and uh, – and, we don't need you. We never need you to make the playoffs. That's going to 
if it happened behind closed doors, maybe so. You know, maybe all right. But he did that. He decided to do that on national television. You know, right. granted, Draymond Green shouldn't have the ball in his hands that game at all, going towards the end of the game, other than to pass it to <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The best like, player. That's what you do. And um, yeah, you either trade Draymond or I'm rocking. Y'all, I'm that's rocking, right? Uh, and even like the insight about the contracts, like we always talk about contracts and uh, how like, all right, are they have gonna have enough money to pay people? But at the end of the day, real people make decisions, either leaving their jobs, you know, breaking up relationships, or just you know deciding when's the right time to move to another spot. All the time, it's like, all right, this is gonna be kind of stiff. It's not gonna be the same. Uh, rather than sit there in what was a really good spot for a while and watch it like burn to the ground, why not decide to go your separate ways in peace and you know. It just just have a better feeling about it and get your new start off right instead of having like to try to crawl your way out of something after it's already been like destroyed and demolished. So like that was great insight on that. You know, Sean Livingston being gone, Andre Godala, of course, was getting older, and you see his situation right now. Um, as well as there was, you know, there was rumors that Clay might be ready to get gone too, because mm-hmm. that was even more of a legacy that he was gonna have to share with KD yeah. rather than you know kind of stick out now, which is. Now that he's kind of hurt, will we'll be coming back next year or at the end of this year. Uh, it gives him a little bit more wiggle room to, you know, really show out, show the basketball player or superstar that he wants to be in the media, I guess. Um, the last thing, which was um, the kind of him seeing that as a super team, a lot of people might, I mean, everybody was like, oh, super team, all was soft and stuff like that. But nobody's like, oh, how is one of the best players in the world going to get better? That's what the good players think about. You know, it's like, how am I going to get better? Like, how – I feel like from a LeBron standpoint, it's always like, all right, how good can LeBron make this team? Because that's what we've seen for LeBron over and over again. KD really thrives off of his more individual accolades because he's, he's a perfectionist. He can literally – it could be him scoring the ball the whole game. And you can still have a chance to win. For LeBron teams, LeBron has to get, like, his people involved. And that's the greatness in both of them in a way, you know. KD can do one thing really well, which he's a scoring nightmare. He's the best scorer in the world. LeBron, best basketball player, best, you know, floor general, probably the highest basketball IQ that's in the in the game maybe I've ever played. Two separate things. was like, how can I get myself better? Two different lanes. And I think KD's insight was damn great in this interview. Uh, I think it was cool that they got to sit down. You know, Stephen A. Smith is the master, uh, criticizer, master, uh, journalist, master, interviewer and uh just having Jay there too was just that's big time so it was dope for sure for sure and then um a few things uh he named his like current like five he didn't have like a top five list but he named his like top five players that he enjoyed watching it's pretty interesting um obviously put Kyrie in there that's his teammate but who doesn't like watching Kyrie what he's been doing for Brooklyn man has been kind of OD they just need to play some goddamn defense um so he named Kyrie LeBron James Jay Harden Joel Embiid and um, Damian Lillard. And then um, when he was actually on, I think, Knuckleheads podcast, Knuckleheads asked him with his current team, the Nets, and then his past teams with Golden State and with um, OKC, like who would you choose for um, like your top five? Like who would be your starting five? Yeah. Um, so for his point guard, he named Kyrie, yeah. shooting guard James Harden, small forward obviously himself. Um, Draymond at the four and then Ibaka at the five. And a lot of people are saying, like, damn, well, how are you going to, like, not include Westbrook or how are you not going to include uh, Steph Curry? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he just, like, 
Um, this didn't include them because he's on the Nets right now? I don't think so. I mean, he put Draymond in there, which Draymond, but um, I think it was coming from really a, a basketball player standpoint. And two, like when I who at the gym and stuff like that, there's certain players like you want on your team, like you try to run the whole day or something like that. You want yeah. your team because you know they can pick up the slack when you're not doing well and stuff like that, or uh. You know, it's going to be a lot of good basketball players on the floor. But sometimes, as far as cohesiveness goes, you're not going to pick everybody just to fill up the like fill up the rim the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So I might pick somebody that can shoot because, you know, I want to be able to penetrate. I can get my mid-range jumpers. I want a big man that's going to rebound. I'm not the greatest rebounder ever. I want maybe somebody that's going to be able to run the point guard show because I want to come up and get – I want to use that elbow extended, you know, Get over there, get on on the wing, either pass it around or make my move, kick it to the corner guy, and then once he shoots, the big man can get the rebound. Then we have like a Swiss Army knife that's either gonna be me or it's gonna be somebody else on the other side that's gonna you know do all the other stuff that mm. the court needs to be. So when he says that, you know, if he's gonna be taking a lot of the shots, if he's gonna have guys like Kyrie who can also get their uh, shots open, you have who's that? James Harden, correct? So. Those are guys. There's there's no need for Steph Curry in that lineup mm-hmm. in in a way. So if he could have another lineup, and Steph Curry could be in there just the same. But as far as that team that he put together, there wasn't really a need for Steph Curry, yeah. you know. And from a defensive standpoint, but it's it's funny too because <laughs> Katie was like, uh, "Yeah, we could switch on everything," and I was like, "Whoa!" I just broke up the record. I was mm-hmm. like. Kyrie, I mean Kyrie gives you effort. Yeah, when is, when needs be. James but James Harden, Harden like what? Honestly, I'll kind of change that around. I'll put Russ at the one. Okay. Um, it's crazy because I feel like Katie will want playmakers with him. Yeah. So I put Russ one. Um, I was torn between Clay as well because I think they really play good together. But yeah. I will go OKC with Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing, man. OKC with Draymond. OKC, OKC with Draymond. That's OD. That's, that's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. And Russ can defend people. Mm-hmm. KD's a damn good defender, even mm-hmm. though he's not talked about it. Uh, James Harden might be your only weak link, but I think he can play defense. And we saw what like they it. did when they weren't even in their prime yet. Yeah, so, so that's what hey, I'm going with now. Um, I feel it. Yeah, next thing I want to talk about is Kyrie Irving and his mood swings. You want to be the what? <laughs> Star player? Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to quote a lot of things. So... Uh, essentially, Kyrie's, they always find a way to, I guess he's in New York market too, but they always find a way to somewhat get Kyrie, uh, you know, in the negative light of things. So, Very much so. They say Kyrie's, Irving's mood swings are reportedly an unspoken concern in Brooklyn. Um, they said as Kyrie gets accustomed to playing in Brooklyn, his teammates are getting used to him too. Um, in a piece written by ESPN's Jack Jackie McMullen, um, she basically detailed how the Brooklyn Nets are trying to find chemistry uh, between Kyrie, um, the new additions, and the overall team as well. Um, and then they went on to say, um, with that, Kyrie Irving's attitude is something that the Nets organization has had to get used to since his arrival. According to Jack McMullen, his mood swings have made Nets officials reportedly queasy. Um, in Santa Monica, Irving refused to participate with the Nets performance team while they were getting information on biometric data. He said, and, and I quote, I'm not doing that. Then when the team was in China, he had an episode that left the team confused as to what had caused it. Um, and quotes, when Irving lapses into these funks, he often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates, McMullen wrote. 
Nets team sources say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China, leaving everyone scratching their heads um, as to what precipitated it. While it's unclear what exactly happened in China, I heart radio digital strategist Christopher Levino tweeted that while the team <laughs> was taking a photo at the Pearl TV power tower, Urban refused to take off his hat and told the team to Photoshop it off. <laughs> <laughs> while it's unclear what exactly happened in China, I heart radio digital strategist Christopher L. tweeted that while the team was taking a photo at the Pearl TV tower, Urban refused... Oh, you already took out the hat. Um... So that was something that came about, and what's crazy is that um, KD, do you have that sheet right there? I think I have a sheet with KD. KD was basically saying that I guess Brooklyn wanted him to talk with them, and KD was basically saying like how like Kyrie's an artist and he's just a different cat, um, and you just got to give him his own space and whatnot. But honestly, like that's interesting. It's interesting because that kind of validates they kind of. One thing that validated like him and his struggles and whatnot was I saw that J.R. Smith um, commented and, and he said, "Damn, young God, already." So it makes me kind of think like this is probably something that has been reoccurring, has been you know about for a while, um, you know, back in Cleveland and obviously with the whole Boston locker room was just killed. It was like, "Damn, is is Kyrie like that type of cat?" But at the end of the day, like obviously, it's sports, man. I can even admit too, like. And just being a human being, like you're not always gonna be in an uppity mood all the time. Like Facts. people God. gotta realize, like obviously we you know we try to wear that mask on our face and always try to you know see the positive things in life as well too. But a lot of people be going through a lot of stuff that you don't know about, and some people aren't the best at hiding their emotions um, as well too. You know, for example, with me, like there's some days when I go to work, I don't really want to talk to people, oh, and facts. I'll give you that body language that obviously. Don't mess with me. I'm still gonna get my work done. And, you know, I know what I gotta do, and and that's that. There's just some days where I need that time to myself. There's some days I'm not gonna always be the most happy. So I understand them completely and 100. percent Like basketball is basketball. I love the game itself, but what I do outside of basketball that shouldn't affect any of you guys. At the end of the day, like this is my life. This is how I choose to live my life. This is this is what I want to do on a daily basis. So. I mean, obviously, people have emotions. People have up and downs. Like, it's just life. But what are your thoughts on his whole mood swings and everything else? You know, I got to hit you with that. It's just one of them days and that a girl goes through when I'm angry inside. I don't want to take it out on you. Just one of them days. I don't take it personal. This guy. But I want to be on my own. Oh, no. Classic Monica, yo. But um, nah, on, on, on God, like some people had them days and some people have them more drastically than others. You don't know like emotionally what ties into people and what makes them tick. Um, You don't know what's going to bring them up and down. Sometimes you don't know on a day if you're going to be up or you're going to be down. But you like everybody fights to, you know, try to be on the up. You know, that's just human nature to just try to be feeling good and stuff like that, whether it be an NBA superstar or it be Joe Blow or it be Sir Caesars or it be Trey Day all day. You already know. A.K.A. Trey Skywalker. You're me on 7 Cinco. But, um, <laughs> nah, I just, it's interesting because I think maybe it wouldn't have reared his head as much because Kyrie was a focal point in Cleveland, but we realized just how much that he wasn't compared to LeBron. And it's it, it, that always just 
rears his head over and over again that, yo, LeBron was the focal point of that team. And it was sure. an older team at that. You know, so it was like, we know how to handle it. We got, which might have a little bit better media presence. And with them winning and always making it to the, uh, you know, conference finals and stuff like that and getting their stuff together, um, it might not have been a concern as much for the media. The media's like, oh, well, how are they playing with the numbers? Now, something else to talk about because they've, they've painted this picture. You know, media is very good with doing it. They've, uh, they've made a character for Kyrie Irving and they're running with it. Yeah. So we don't know what's the media just honing in on them and just kind of like picking with them and what's actually Kyrie Irving. But everybody knows that people can have mood swings. People can be certain ways. Even I, we've seen this in uh, in lower levels of the game. You know, we've seen like players like Grayson Allen that I've taken it out on the court. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> Kyrie's not taking this out on the court. He's just kind of doing it with the interpersonal relationships. And it, will it make it hard to work with somebody? Yes, but at the same time, Kyrie's doing everything you want him to do on the court. So... With, with people and how they tick, I always tell people, it's like, all right, if I know how a person works, growth for me is not pressing those buttons, but, you know, working with them through that and not honing in on, like, you know, monsterizing them. I can't find a word. But not making them the bad guy because, because that's how they are, but working with them and going further, knowing that they have those ticks and those quirks about their personality. That's growth for everybody. So... If it comes to where you can't work with him, then that's a problem. But, yo, like, this is this person. This is his music he has. But he's going to show up for us every night. Yo, like, that's you take the good and the bad in every situation. And I think I don't. It, nothing super concerning about Kyrie other than, like, the track history. Kind of like what Jarrah is just saying, dang, already. Like, maybe somebody needs to talk to him. Maybe somebody needs to say, hey, are you all right? Rather than just getting the media reports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So... I wish him the best. You know, everybody has their things, but wish Kyrie Irving the best. Wish him the best, definitely. Uh, don't worry about a young young fella. Keep it up. Young and, uh, God. Just get those wins. Winning takes care of everything. Everything. Um, so some notable things that I want to um, just highlight. Uh, Trey Young uh, sprained his ankle. I don't know when his timetable for return is. Hawks only go as he goes. Um, Very so, much so I think with Trey Young, um, they're not in any rush to, you know, make the playoffs. It'll be, if they make the playoffs, hooray for them. But honestly, um, just make sure you're healthy, you're good to go, um, and you should be fine. I think Cam um, Reddish uh, really uh, gets the chance to get exposed and figure out where he needs to work on his game at. And we first, like, actually see his game a little bit more with him being out. So For sure. Definitely going to, um, you know, stay tuned with him as well, too. Um, James Harden is leading the league in points per game yet again, even with Russell Westbrook on his team. Uh, Top five leaders, James Harden, 36.6 points. Kyrie, 30.5. Dame, number three, at 30. Uh, Kawhi, at basically 29. And Anthony Davis, at 29, as well, too. Um, Assist leaders, LeBron James, number one, at 10.8. LeBron James. Damn. um, What was his name? Shannon Sharp was right. He said LeBron would lead the league in assists this year now that he has more talent. Um, Malcolm Brockman, which is shocking, is number two at 10.2. Russ, 9.8. Harden, 8.6. And Luka, 8.4. Um, I'm shocked by three-pointers made. Car Anthony Towns is actually leading the league at four, four and a half. Wow. Game. Wow. Um, obviously, rebound. It was kind of going back and forth, but Andre Drummond is number one yet again at 18.7 rebounds. And I was looking, 
K Love averaging 17 boards too. Wow. I was shocked with that too. Um, hopefully he can get out of Cleveland, um, you know, midway through the season. Blocks, Anthony Davis 2.8. Dwight Howard still in top five as well too. Um, and yeah, those are some stats right now. Um, Good stuff. But last thing I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you know, I have to get a molly wop by the Clippers in opening night. Um, they're now number two in the West and stand at four and one actually right now. So um, right now uh, they're looking pretty damn good. Um, right now they're number two ranked defense, only allowing 100 points per game. Um, they're the league leaders in blocks at seven and a half. They're plus 11.2 in point differentials. Um, and LeBron faced off with Luka, the young generation versus the old generation. <laughs> on some like, on some like, if you ever watch WWE, this is a reference like um, they had uh, back in the day, I think it was like 2003, 2005. It was like evolution. It was like Triple H, the OG, going up against Randy Orton. So <laughs> it was kind of cool seeing LeBron versus Luka. That game was fire. I didn't really get to watch the full game like that because I was busy with my mom. But uh, I ended up watching, like, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter in overtime as well, too. So, Lakers ended up winning 119 to 110 in overtime. Um, and it was a duel because Tough. growing up, Luka always idolized LeBron James, um, which a lot of people do as well, too. But he's tough, man. Um, Luka had 31 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists. Um, and LeBron went stupid and had 39 points, 16 assists, 12 rebounds um, as well, too. So I was like, damn. He um, a couple things I want to th- I wanna, I wanna touch on. One for you, and then we can go to the next topic. Yeah. One, with Luka um, and his performance and obviously what he's been doing, obviously, you know, he's been playing prof- – he's kind of like a Leonel Messi, been playing professional since he was a young kid yeah. um, over in Spain and kind of – Came over here, so he was already NBA ready by the time he got here. He actually said last year that this league is kind of easy to him. Sheesh. Um, but what are your thoughts on Luca? You think he's a future? Do you think he can be a future MVP? And then after that, um, can Luca and Porzingis carry this team to the playoffs this year? Um, Luca's definitely the future of this team. Um, he has that Raz tap skibbly dibbly do, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and that's what Lakers kind of had problems with. But, um, <laughs> gotta keep a straight face but uh nah Luca's a beast though like He's we haven't really beast. seen anything like it cause we don't really know well I know we probably seen some stuff like it but at this level people just playing you know for their clubs over in their countries and then just coming over to the NBA and going crazy we, we haven't seen like a a prodigy like this in a while I mean Porzingis came over damn good pick uh but somebody just like a Luca is just <laughs> It's just different, so. Uh, do they think they can get into the playoffs? Playing like this, yeah, because this essentially was a playoff game. It, fe- the- it, it definitely felt like a playoff game, man. Yeah. And, and we we got to think about it. Like, this is such a small sample size. Like, K, KP has been out, what, a year and a half, almost two years? Yes. Finally fully healthy and is an, on a new team, so – him and um, Luca don't even really have chemistry like that together. They only have five games together. Um, and they were beating the Lakers a lot of this game. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they were beating the Lakers a lot of games. So I think Luca is going to be an MVP within like the next two to five years. I can definitely see him being MVP. Um, um, and I give it four. Four. Yeah. And then the fact that the Warriors are definitely out of the picture right now 
there's another spot open for grabs. Pretty much so. Because we were all saying earlier a couple episodes ago, like, yo, the Pelicans can get the AC. Nah, <laughs> not this year. Yeah. So um, I definitely think um, Dallas is going to make the playoffs this year. And then once, like I said, K- Chris Alporzing is probably going to be in form, I say, by Christmas time or like early January. And then we're definitely going to see them take off as well, too. But going back to the next um, thing I want to talk about was, um, like you said, we were so spoiled by seeing LeBron James perform on a consistent basis every year. Yeah. Um, but watching him Friday night, you're just like, damn, In awe bro. again. Like, obviously, like, I'm going to have that form of bias with Kawhi Leonard, but I'm only giving Kawhi number one right now because of what he did. Like, he's, he's the reigning champion. Yeah, so, yeah, without yeah. a doubt, you got to give him number one. But the way LeBron played, it was like, yo, I heard what the critics have been saying, and I'm coming for blood right Damn, now. Dog. And he gave you a signature game, like I said, 39 points, 16 assists, 12 rebounds. Um, that was the first time, I think, since, like, Magic Johnson, that um, a Lakers player had had a, number, a stat line like that with 30-10-10 um, type of performance as well, too. But, man, like, LeBron... Um, I don't know if he's going to give it to you on a nightly basis, but... He can go off for it at any time. He can go off for it any time. And then just defensively, like the Lakers team and just himself in general, they he, he looks locked in. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the fact that he has this much time around him, you know, Kuzma just came back, shout out to Kyle Kuzma, uh, played about 18, 19 minutes as well too. Rondo coming back. He has everything he needs. So I feel like offensively... Yeah. He doesn't have to carry that low. So maybe it gives him a little bit of that umph to actually play um, defense on that end. But if he's locking in on defense and then you got the Twin Towers, whether it be McGee and AD, um, you know, guarding the the paint um, with, you know, Avery Bradley, uh, Rondo, or Danny Green or whatever, I think think they're looking good, man. Um, So my question for you is do you think – you know, he's a, is, is he the best player right now? I know you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier saying that, you know, Kawhi was. But I think it's going to be one of those things where, obviously, they're in L.A. Obviously, yeah. LeBron listens to what the critics say. So, I think it's going to be that weekly notion where <laughs> they're, it's going to go back for one, two, yeah. one, two, one, two. Because the night before that, the Clippers actually hosted the Spurs. Um, was, I love watching that. <laughs> favorite team, favorite player. It was a match made in heaven. Yeah. And Kawhi went for 38. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think LeBron's like, oh, he did this? Yeah. Oh, all right, bet. I'm about to do that. Over. So over. it's going to be pretty interesting to see. But like, what what is your take on everything? Um, I kind of I kind of said it earlier. Just LeBron's greatness is we get so used to it. But when you see stuff like this, when it's like real challenge, it's like, damn, like this is crazy. Uh, between him and Kawhi, I just I think it's always kind of that running. We don't we're only saying for me, it's like. LeBron's getting older, so it's like we'll see more consistently uh, putting points up from Kawhi, I feel like, than we will from LeBron. But at the same time, LeBron is so consistent in the way he plays the game, like with his assist and like, you know, and that that for IQ and basketball purposes might be more a telltale sign than point sometimes about yeah. how good a player is because you have to – oh, my God, Alex Caruso is <laughs> so great. He's amazing. That was ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so like – it might be more of a telltale sign, like where this is, because you have to be able to read the game, know where people are going. And LeBron makes traditional in transition bounce passes look godly. So I mean, those two guys are the best player in the league. That's why the NBA's been so fun, and uh, 
there's, there's no taking away from LeBron's greatness from from his career and now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the only thing with Kawhi is he's always actively trying to pursue LeBron in the wicks. LeBron's already been there. LeBron's been on the throne. Um, we get so hype about people that are coming like take the throne. Like, oh, who's coming to take the throne? But LeBron does have the throne, and uh, Kawhi Leonard is definitely in the castle, though. So, mm-hmm. hey, that's what it is. What it is. Danny sure. Green's playing like crazy, too. Oh, yeah. So, and that's what I was going to kind of talk about a little later. So, obviously, Kuz became back um, after his foot injury or foot strain or whatever. I can't really remember. But Kuzma obviously got to knock some of the rust off. So, that just gives another, um, you know, score, you know, to that team as well, too. And, uh, you know, LeBron, you know, if he wants to be participating in load management, you could insert Kuzma right there. But it was crazy because, like, Kuzma, obviously, he's going to be on a minute restriction for a little bit. We know what he brings to the table. But now it's going to be like, yo, when Kuzma's fully healthy, is he still going to be on the bench? Is he going to start? And then, literally, when they were closing the game, they had Dwight at the five, um, then they had AD at the four, LeBron at the three, and then they had Danny Green and Avery Bradley. Like, where do you see Kuzma fitting in with this team? And is he going to be um, – is he going to be there during crunch time? Is he going to be a starter? And and do they need him to get to where they need to be, which is ultimately winning um, a championship? Yeah, they need Kuzma – yes, they need Kuzma to get where he needs to be because um, – they need firepower. And if we're going to really put them against one and two right now, the LA Clippers, we need bench scoring. So I think Kuzma can have a very fulfilling year. It doesn't have to be with the starters with the first with the first team. Kuzma can be Lou Williams 2.0, you know, if he so chooses to be so. I'm not saying Kuzma's Lou Williams because that's a whole different ballgame. But Kuzma has the ability to score the firepower and, um, you know, he – he just he is what they need from a scoring paramus. Whether and I don't think they need it in, in the starting lineup right now. I think this is solid for right now. It's probably going to change over the season. You know, yeah. it's a long season. People might get tweaks and stuff like that. Hopefully nobody gets injured because you know this is great basketball right here. But um, I think Kuzma should just embrace the six man role right now. Mm. Like go with it. He and the thing is, six man. When you come down the stretch, you always want the best people in the game. Um. For matchup purposes, that's where the NBA comes in, like, you know, in the playoffs too. Like, all right, yeah. we, we need to get this person on this person, yada, yada, yada. But I think Kuzma is going to ha- – for this team to really make the playoffs and to get to the championship, I think Kuzma has to be that person right now. If this is going to be the lineup that we're going to stick with, not saying they are, but Kuzma could be 20, 25 points off the bench, and then the Lakers will be so far ahead of the field. Honestly, I like the Lakers when they play big. Like that's and and they're like they're not like a slow big. They're very athletic. Like Javale McGee, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard are all athletic as hell. Yeah. Um, so if you insert Kyle Kuzma into the starting lineup, that means AD has to play the five, and he doesn't want to play the five. So, and if you also insert Kuzma into the lineup, I already know now that for a fact, I'm starting LeBron James, yeah. I'm starting Anthony Davis, and I'm starting Danny Green. Like yeah. they they're proven they're proven already. Yeah. Obviously. Anthony Davis doesn't have that much playoff experience, but everyone else has been battle-tested. So those are my three dogs I know are going to be there. And then it's like, who? Do, aside from Danny Green, obviously he's getting older, but he still is a pretty damn good um, perimeter you know, defender. defender. Who else are you going to have guard the perimeter of that guard, a smaller guard? I, the only thing that comes to mind is Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley. So it's like, what happens? Is AD going to play that five position? Yeah. But we're going to see, man. Um, Lakers look... Really, really good right now. Um, right now, I'll through these first five games, 
I definitely have them as the best team in the West right now. Um, obviously, you know, the Timberwolves have been shocking me a lot as well, too. Clippers are the Clippers right now, too. But Lakers are looking very, very dominant early. Yeah. So And experienced. Yeah, and Danny Green was on um, some show on ESPN. I was watching a YouTube channel yesterday. He was basically saying, like, What's scary is Anthony Davis is not fully in shape yet. <laughs> I was like, what? You're not fully in shape, and you get 40 points the other night? That's scary. Just tw- half of them just from free throws? It's going to be dangerous, man. It's going to be dangerous as well, too. But, uh, yeah, that's that That pretty much concludes everything I have. You, you got any last words to say? Uh, no, nah, that's everything, man. Uh, really looking forward to the week, man. Uh, some homecoming festivities coming up. Uh, just, you know... The relationships, the people, the vibes, that's all. That's all we're really on. More good basketball to come and more hot topics in the future. You already know. For sure, for sure, for sure. That was Trey Day right there. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 64 of The Caesar Show. Make sure to rate, subscribe, share, comment. Follow us on all forms of social media. Trey Day, XSIV, Sir Caesars, and also The Caesar Show. And on that note, we out.